Property Boss Mums, your podcast and community that helps you create wealth through property. Sponsored by Active Property Investing. We specialise in helping busy professionals find quality investment properties across Australia. Artemis Finance, finding the perfect loan for your unique needs, guiding you every step of the way to save you time and money. Elaine Stack Real Estate, investment property consultants, specialising in maximising returns and minimising your stress. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Property Boss Mums. I'm Emma Allen. I'm Sharon Bay. And I'm Elaine Stack. Yay, we're back again for another episode. And uh, I thought it might be interesting to, to find out a little bit more around how one might actually get a loan from the bank. I was speaking to a lady just this morning, actually, and she was telling me about how difficult and challenging and how much paperwork she had to submit, Sharon, yes. to try and get her loan for the first investment property. Yeah, it's so, so much fun, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> I've done it personally many times. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Elaine has as well. A few. Just a few. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to maybe share a little bit around the process? Because I've also been hearing the term mortgage prisoners and it mm-hmm. doesn't sound nice. No. But I'm sure there is a little bit more truth that you can shed. Sure thing. So this is my life. This is mm-hmm. what I do every single day. I... um. I guess we, when the bank um, looks at an application, the first thing that they're going to assess is borrowing capacity. And that has nothing to do with the equity in your home. The banks only look at, at this point in time, when you apply for a loan, what income is coming in and what is going out. Mm -hmm. So, Basically, when you apply for a loan, there is an associated interest rate. So, currently- you know, let's just say a home loan is 5.7%. The bank will assess, um, can you repay this loan? Not only at 5.7%, but they put a buffer on there. So they typically it's 3%. So they say, if the rate were to go up to 8.7, can you still manage to make a repayment? Now, 8.7 is a lot higher than the rates that you know, are currently on the market. Yeah. But the bank has a duty to make sure that you can hold this loan for, I mean, essentially they're giving you a 30-year loan. That's like longer than a life sentence, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so what people don't understand is because they because of this buffer, your borrowing capacity might be lower than what you're expecting to be able to borrow. Now, c- go back a few years and that, because the rates were so low, the assessment rate was five and a half percent, five to five and a half percent. So I guess the situation that we have right now is a bit unique in that people are what they call mortgage prisoners because they do not have the affordability to move and refinance um, based on a rate of eight percent plus. I mean, some of them are at 10%, to be honest. Yeah. So you're saying Um, that if someone got a loan a few years ago and the interest rates were 3%, but they were getting tested at 6%, mm -hmm. so now that the rates are 5% and they're getting tested at 8%, they may not be able to refinance or get another loan? That's right. Yeah. So they're basically, the bank is saying you actually can't afford the mortgage based on our assessment, the mortgage you already have and that you're, you know, making repayments on and you're absolutely fine doing so. So I guess one of the things that has changed in recent weeks is that some of the banks um, have changed that assessment buffer to 1%. Great. Okay. Which is really good news. 
It means that you have more opportunities to refinance, but it does come with limitations. Mm -hmm. So you can't borrow any extra. You have to borrow, you know, dollar for dollar and it needs to be principal and interest repayments. Okay. Yeah. So this is really good news for the people who are coming off the fixed rate. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So now they have more options rather than getting stuck. With their current lender. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So it's really opening up those avenues. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's such a, as I said, um, the, you know, we're seeing for actually in the last couple of weeks, we've had, we now have, I think four banks or five banks that are able to, uh, Emma, 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 we, Tony <laughs> that's a that's a pick up children reminder. <laughs> it totally is. It's too yeah. funny. Um, so now we are able to, yeah, um, have those clients have other options. And every week, um, a, a new bank is actually putting their hand up and saying, "Look, we've got um, approval from APRA to now do this." Um, and so it means, yeah, there's more options for clients, which is always a good thing. You need, comp- you know, healthy competition. A hundred percent. And I think as well, putting those, having that in place as somebody from Ireland, Europe and during that GFC, I think it's a real positive that these things are in place, but within reason, like Mm. that that buffer of three is high for the mom and dad. You know, that is really high. And especially for people that have been in the same career path and haven't maybe... Not that they haven't progressed, but they're in they're in their career path and they've had an increase in income, but not enough to cover a three percent buffer. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you have your kids growing up and they're going to high school and different schools and, mm-hmm. and so their their cash flow is it's good. Yeah. It's good for them. Imagine being a couple and when you applied for the loan, it was just the two of you. And then trying to oh, refinance yeah. and you've got, you know, kids, yeah. you yeah. might have twins or triplets. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then you've got oh. daycare fees yes. on top of everything. So, you know, people's situations change all the time. Yeah. Which means, yeah, they may not be in a position to refinance, but this is just opening up yes. yeah, other yeah. avenues, which is great. Great. From a monetary policy, I think it makes sense that if the interest rate was 2%, they would add 3%, so the benchmark's 5 Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But mm-hmm. now that we're at 5 if they're benchmarking at 8 and they don't need to, then they can pull it back. Yeah. I kind of see it. It's got to do with the numbers that we're at as well, yeah. not yeah. just the buffer itself. Yeah, that's but, um, right. Yeah, agree. It's good for consumers. The more options we have, mm-hmm. uh, the better. Absolutely. Fantastic. And yeah. so it's interesting because the rates have been moving quite steadily this year. Mm-hmm. They don't seem to be freezing. But on the flip side, we're starting to see a lot more in the media around rental freezes. And so, Elaine, what are your thoughts about how that might play out? Look, I I can't see it happening because I think there is people every day I get phone calls from clients um, with investment properties. And I think when people have, um, and you would see this, both Mm -hmm. of you, when someone comes to you and says, I want to buy an investment property, this is not a multimillionaire. This is someone like you and I that mm. are looking to invest in property. Yeah. And so by the interest rates going up this year and, you know, it's affecting their buffer, basically, mm. um, they're looking for that slight rent increase. Now, I'm blessed across my portfolio. I do have fantastic clients that will look at, okay, what can we do? What's on the market? And I do a lot of research. And when I'm researching, I want to know what the current rent is, what's available on the market for a similar property and kind of meet not in the middle but in a fair in a fair way um and 
99% of my tenants will say yes to the rent increase because it's it's done in a, in a fair manner. Um, but I can't see how that investor could survive with no rent increase and especially a freeze for two years, which they're talking about in Victoria. So I, I don't know if they're going to do it. I'd be very surprised. I think capping would be a good idea and mm-hmm. having a percentage cap on it. Um, and I won't quote numbers, but I think capping could be an op- a much better option than freezing. Yeah. Freezing sounds. Well, I guess the Queensland way is just capping it at one increase per year. Well, that's what the New South Wales, you can increase the rent every 12 months. Yeah. 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 Which kind of makes sense so that the tenants can, can prepare. Yes, exactly right. On yeah. the flip side, some investors might think, okay, well, if I've only got a chance to increase once, mm-hmm. then they may increase by a bigger amount. Have you seen that as opposed to kind of staggering the increases to smaller amounts? Um, I always, so you have a certain amount of investors that say, as long as my tenant's happy, they're comfortable, they're going to stay long-term. I'm quite happy at this rent that we're receiving right now. Um, I'll always say, let's do a little increase. And so that when that investor comes back to me in three years and says, Elaine, I need to increase. And we still have the same tenant. We're not increasing it by a huge numbers that the tenant now freaks out about. Yeah. Mm. So I like to increase annually and um, by a small amount for that investor. But I'll also I always give them the numbers of what the market what's currently in the market um, and what market value is. They don't always go with that option. They'll yeah. go a little bit less. Yeah. So yeah. And I think that's a, probably a good play from an investor perspective. It's about the cost benefit of whether you yes. push to catch up with the market or you find some middle ground so you keep your, your good tenants at the same time. Yeah. Keeping that middle ground yeah. with a quality tenant is is really important for yeah. an investor. Yep. That's yeah. right because there is a cost to finding a new a new tenant. tenant. There is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. And the biggest cost is not, people that say, you know, the biggest cost is the agent. It's not. It's the time where the property is vacant. Yes. That's where the cost exactly. is at. Yeah. And yes. so they're limiting that amount of time. It can be very difficult. Um, and sometimes you can and sometimes you can't. Sometimes your yeah. property will be vacant for six weeks. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. That's a long time for it a is. property. Yeah, it is. It's an asset. It should be producing income. Yeah. Mm. And if it's just sitting there vacant yep. for that period of time, yep. that's, yeah loss of rent. From a pure investor perspective, um, I think vacancy is very linked to the pricing. So if it's sitting there vacant uh, for six weeks at $1,000 per week, then it's not going to sit there vacant for six weeks at 500. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. So it's about finding where that sweet spot is. Um, So agents like yourself would be very valuable. I think at the moment, um, there's so much going on in the media about the shortage Mm. and there is a shortage, but when you're out there leasing properties and you're looking at um, a property, it's just say, I have a two bedroom on the market at the Mm -hmm. moment. Actually, I'll go to a one bedroom I had. I had a one bedroom on the market for a couple of weeks. The amount of applications, inquiries that came through was out of control. However, the applications that were coming in, the people hadn't seen the property. Mm. Now, again, going back to quality tenant, I want to meet the person that's applying for the property, not just approve an application. And I think this is happening across the board. So meeting the yeah, meeting the tenant, um, having a face-to-face as well as what they have in paper is vital and it's it's a lost art, it seems. Yeah, and I think there's a whole spectrum of the type of property managers that you get because I've been out there personally and some of them are very not interested in 
having the chat or getting any yeah. personal yes. mm, information um, and it's all pretty much online application. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so on that, actually, in terms of the rental um, income, I also wanted to highlight a few changes that the banks have made. So. Yes. Um, now that the vacancy rates are so low, in terms of um, the bank assessing rental income, they used to shade the rental income by uh, 20%. So they would say, you know, just to cover, t- you know, times of vacancy. Now they've recognised, okay, properties aren't vacant for very long. So now they've reduced that to 10% shading. Great. And then the other thing is that they have recognised that uh, rental yields have gone up. So they used to put a cap. Um, I just spoke with a bank, a lender today, and they said that they've increased their rental yield cap from 6% to 7%. So again, having an investment property actually does really boost um, your borrowing capacity as well. Yes. Um, and not to mention, you know, yep. the negative gearing yep. benefits and everything else that comes along with holding an investment property. So yeah. if we break down rental yield, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I'll, I'll explain it. So rental yield is the income of the rent times 52 weeks divided by the value of the property. So the bank you're saying is looking at the current value of the property, even if I've owned it, I bought it 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. it's now valued at today's market and the yield is based on the yield I'm getting now. Yes. Not the debt. That's right. That's right. Perfect. Yeah. And what if somebody had a a rental appraisal and there's a range, like if the rent's between 700 and 800, how does the bank take that into consideration? Oh, they will take the lower value every day, every day. (laughs) 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 And um, if they do end up doing a physical valuation of the property as well, if that rental rental income is lower than the rental appraisal letter, then again, the banks will always go with the lower value. Yeah. So just to summarize, Sharon, <laughs> so they're going to take $700 per week, which yes. is the lowest of the rental appraisal. Correct. Shave 10% off. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that becomes the income from the property. Yeah. And then test my serviceability with an extra 1% buffer if the interest rates go up by 1%. If it's a refinance, yes. Oh, if, if it's, it's a, a purchase, if it's then purchase, it'll be at 3%. It'll be at 3%. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I should have mentioned, yeah, with the mortgage prisoner, it, is someone who currently has a mortgage. Okay. So they will only use that lower buffer for an existing mortgage and you're looking to refinance. Okay. So if you're refinancing, Mm -hmm. the banks are now much more flexible to accepting new business if Mm -hmm. it's a complete refinance at the same amount. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Versus the the rental freeze and the rent returns is now just a little bit more flexible Mm -hmm. for how much they're accepting. Yeah. Excellent. Good news all around. Good news all around. Well, you know, so. it yeah. is. It is. It's You're a wealth of knowledge, Sharon. I love. I love hearing what Sharon has yeah, to share. Yeah, let's let's pick her brain more in the next I episode. Know, we yeah. should. Well, I have to say, the <laughs> banks keep me busy because all these changes just happen every single week. I get bombarded with emails from every single bank saying, "This is what we've changed." Guess what? We've changed interest rates. Things of rates have gone up. They've yep. gone down. We've changed this policy, that policy. So you know, it's a full time job. <laughs> so I'm glad you're, I, you're, great. you're reading it <laughs> and you're taking that information and sharing it with people, which yeah, is really I important. Need to, and yeah. The, yeah, but not everybody does that, Sharon. So thank you. Thank <laughs> you, you are well welcome. Done. Excellent. We'll see you soon.